the wrestling life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 246, it's September 17th, 2020, I'm Ethan. Hello Ethan, it is your girl, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to discuss this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and only wrestling podcast. (laughs) That's right. Even more so than usual, this is just going to be a free-flowing discussion that occasionally touches on mature subjects. I don't know what our schedule for doing this podcast is going to be over the next month, as G1 ruins my life. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so we uh, decided we should we should get this one in today. I guess you want to touch on G1 real quick? A block looks real good, B block looks real bad. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, I guess I guess that's we're getting we're getting some foreigners in there, which I didn't know if that was going to be able to happen this year. So that's exciting. Yeah, they got Jay White in, they got Will Osprey in, uh, Jeff Cobb, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the three hundred pound guy that can do a standing moonsault and all kinds of every suplex you could possibly imagine, and yet is the most boring wrestler to me. Yeah, imagine like being a guy that talented, and you're like, yeah, he's about a six out of ten. <laughs> it's true. Remember when he did a one-off for AEW? Yeah, he sure did, and then just just kind of went on living his life. Yeah, it's a weird dude. Weird dude. Remember, <laughs> remember when of all people, Michael Elgin tried to shame him uh, for uh, not washing his gear. Yes, I do remember that. I think. I, much as I tried to put everything involving Michael Elgin out of my out of my brain forever, uh, unfortunately, yes, I do remember <laughs> among one of his during one of Michael Elgin's many scandals in wrestling over the past <laughs> few years that it came out that he was complaining to someone uh, in in DMs that got leaked that Jeff Cobb was was mean and didn't like to hang out with him outside of the the ring. And also his gear smelled bad. Yes, yes. Remember when Michael Elgin, who had not played baseball since like ju- <laughs> since ju- junior college, said he was going to quit uh, Ring of Honor and go play professional baseball? Sure do. <laughs> he like worked himself into a shoot, and they just like, all right, you're actually fired. Yeah, he's a special guy. He's a special guy. He's real dumb. Speaking yeah. of real dumb, uh, Will Ospreay's in the G1. Yeah, he sure is. Um, I <laughs> That's a weird one, because obviously there seems to be some evidence that he's not a good person. But nothing he did was illegal, so I'm not, not advocating that the man should never work again. But it's going to be a little weird. <laughs> uh gonna be a little weird just have him kind of back in the fold and you know it's it's weird because obviously no one no one doubts him as a tremendous performer in wrestling but gets a little feels like it's getting a little harder to uh separate art from artists with uh with that guy well 
Speaking of Michael Elgin and his many scandals, New Japan has shown that as long as a guy's under contract to them, whatever they have going on, they're going to use them as long as they're under contract to them. Like, they've used Sabre all summer, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing was ever, you know, said uh, officially or, or about Sabre with the speaking out stuff, but he was suspiciously quiet when, like, virtually everyone in the UK wrestling scene was <laughs> caught yeah. up in all that. And, yeah, so look looking at, um, looking at G1, so Naito's uh, double champ, Again, I don't know if they're going to split those titles again or not. doesn't seem like they have a real strong desire to. seems like maybe the evil experiment is over. I don't know. Like, he's going to be an upper-mid guy, but I don't know that he's going to be a perennial uh, world champion in New Japan. So B-Block, you got Sonata, Naito, Yano, Juice... Uh, Tanahashi, Saber, Goto, Yoshihashi, Kenta, and Evil. Naito's the champ, and of those other nine guys, none of them really jumps out to me as a guy who has a chance of headlining the big, the biggest show of the year. Maybe Tanahashi, but also they've been telling the story basically all summer that Tanahashi's washed up, so I don't know. <laughs> like every every six months to a year, we get we decide that this is Tanahashi's sunset and he's done yeah. and then 70,000 people pay to see him and then we're like oh wait no he's still <laughs> he's still we still need him um yeah. yeah i mean i guess i guess tanahashi i mean that yes based on who is in that block i would go that person will win the block to set up naito's like fall challenger and right. then they will lose to someone in the A block to set up the actual Tokyo Dome <laughs> main event. Right. Yeah. Usually, there's only uh, one more title defense after G1 for the champion. At, mm-hmm. But this year is so weird that who knows? They could do. I don't know. They could do two or three more. I don't know. I don't have a feel. <laughs> I don't have a feel for what they're doing. You know. Yeah, it definitely seems. This is definitely like. And obviously some of it is, you know, the world. But this definitely is, like, the most, at least since I've been paying attention to New Japan, the most, like, we're just trying some stuff that I've ever seen them. Like, we're just throwing some stuff out there, seeing what works. Putting on our weird show in California with no fans. Yeah, yep. A block, you got Okada, Shingo Takagi... Tomohiro Ishii, Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay, Kota Ibushi, Jay White, Minoru Suzuki's back in G1 this year, Taichi, and Yujiro Takahashi. Of those guys, mm, Jay White, always a contender. Mm-hmm. Kota Ibushi won last year, probably not again this year. Taichi, they've been doing stuff with. Like, I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't be shocked. And Okada's always a threat. Uh, any feeling one way or the other which way they'll go there? Um. Well, my first thought was that uh, I wish a different Takahashi was in the G1. <laughs> but, uh, no, I kid. Hir- sort of. Hiromu might, if they put Hiromu in the, G- in the G1, though, he might actually die. <laughs> That's, 
that's a fair and you know accurate accurate uh, prediction. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, oh, I I guess there's Jay, Jay White is like they haven't done him in Naito in like a big world you know world title match yet, and he's already you know Naito's already beaten Kenta and Evil now, so like that's like the the Bullet Club's final boss. But I just like and God knows how many fans they're gonna have, and maybe it won't be a traditional Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it won't be. But, like, it would be, I don't know, Naito versus Jay White does not seem like a headliner match to me. I could see them going back to Okada and Naito one more time. Um, but, yeah, those were kind of the names that dropped, jumped out at me. It doesn't seem to me like there's, like, an obvious winner, like there has been, like, the year Omega won or the year last year when Ibushi won. It doesn't seem like there's, like, this obvious pick of, of where they're going. Kota Ibushi's a weird one, too, in that, you know, he looks like he's 27 years old, but he's, like, 39 or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has a, a lot of wear and tear on him, and you would think somebody that good is going to be IWGP champion before his career's over, and yet, you know, we're on the clock here, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I could see them going back to it, but I just, I like I said, I just, I don't have a strong sense that it's, like, that's the obvious play here. Like I, they could go back to it. God knows they love Naito and Ibushi. Um, but I guess, I guess we've, we've had a few months off from that <laughs> this year, but yeah, I mean that, that's always a match they threatened to go back to. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess Ibushi or Okada would be the two there, but yes, I, and maybe, I don't know, maybe Jay White is, is a different title defense before the end of the year, or maybe he's like the one who attacks Naito at New Year's Dash. I don't know. Yeah, they could they could do something like that. All right, moving on, WWE. Boy, Monday Night Raw was a program this week. Uh, <laughs> the Clash of Champions is coming up. It was in your face, we should mention. In your face, Raw. Certainly was. You know, all things considered, by WWE 2020 standards... It did okay going up against the first week of NFL football, which was kind of a shock. Yeah, I, I guess every every year for like the last I don't know eight or nine, we're like, is this the bottom? Right. Is it, or is the has the viewership dropped to the point where football doesn't really threaten them that much anymore? And the answer appears to be, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like the strongest games, so maybe if it was. You know, if we have like a Chiefs and Patriots game or something, I don't, I haven't actually looked at the Monday night schedule this year, but if we have like a really strong game, maybe that'll hurt it. But yeah, if it's just your average, uh, you know, your average, whatever. I mean, it was what Denver and Tennessee and what Pittsburgh and the Giants. Neither of those were like giant games. So maybe, maybe we we wait and see a couple more weeks until there's a big Monday night game. But yeah, we may have finally hit the bottom. <laughs> Of the, this viewership has bottomed out to the point where football doesn't have the big effect on it it used to. Yeah. Speaking of trying some stuff, Roman Reigns is defending against Jey Uso. It's Jey Uso, right? Not Jimmy Uso? Yes. Jey Uso. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the skinnier of the two Usos. That's how I tell them apart. I can't tell them apart. It's been a decade. Also, facially, I... they look different because they're not actually identical twins. Huh. What do you know about that? 
Yes. But yeah, anyway, yes, it is Jey Uso. Um, I mean, that's that's a that's a clash of champ. I mean, and I and I mean this in the WCW sense. That's a clash of champions match. Like, exactly. That's, a, yeah. that's Robert Gibson wrestling for the world <laughs> title on uh, on uh, you know wrestling Flair on uh, on a clash of champions show. Um, like, I guess it's interesting. <laughs> it, there's some intrigue. It's a new person. I'm trying to be nice. Sure. Um, I. It's an interesting idea. Uh, I do have a thought. Uh, I don't remember if I've tweeted this out or not. But do you think they're so divorced from remembering like what was good and what was bad that they would do a finger poke of doom? Mm. I mean, I put absolutely nothing past these people um creatively speaking but no i think they'll do a real match i, okay. I mean I, I i don't think like a roman as like i think roman and paul is an act i don't think you need to throw anybody else in there but who you know i don't know yeah i, I was just thinking i don't know how long other uh jimmy uso is gonna be out but i was just thinking i was like well that's that's like the other thing everyone wanted four years ago was for Roman and the Usos to be like a trio. So maybe maybe Bruce will give us that too now. Um, it's not a terrible idea. I mean, I don't hate the idea. I hate the idea of getting to it via the via you know a finger poke of doom. But mm-hmm. I don't hate the idea necessarily of them as a trio. I just. I would like to see the Paul and Roman act get some legs under it before they start adding to it. I think that's fair. Um, I think it's an, it's yeah, it's an interesting act. They've obviously played on the fact that Paul once managed uh, uh, Rikishi under, under a different name. Was it, which was it the, what was it? A version of the wild Samoans? Who was it? (sighs) Dude, I couldn't, I can tell you. Was he did he manage the Samoan SWAT team? Samoan SWAT. I think you're right, yeah. But one of in one of <laughs> Rikishi's uh former lives before he was Rikishi, Paul was his manager in a tag team. So they like have played on that with the with the Usos and with Roman, the idea that, you know, he, he knows Rome the their family uh so well. So yeah, I, I it's interesting. I mean it's weird when you have like AJ Styles and uh, and actually they don't have that many people that I want to see them wrestle. Chad Gable, like if you just wanted to give like a random so-and-so a title match for someone for Roman to beat soundly, like you could have given that to Gable because then you get to pretend you did something with him for a month. Right. Um, or, or one of those guys, Cesaro. Like, I feel like that's what those guys are made for. If you're, if you're gonna, if you need someone to just beat soundly on a show, you know, that's that's what like guys at that level are for in WWE. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess Jey Uso, I arguably is a more interesting version of that, because even though no one in the world believes he would win, it is he does have not only is he the, the related to Roman, but also has history with Paul. So I don't know, I guess that's arguably a slightly more interesting version of the tomato can challenger for the badass world champion. Sure. So 
Big E was pretty clearly being built up, and then he was pretty abruptly removed from the title picture. Is it because you think at some point they actually want to give Big E a real shot, or do you think this is case number 8 million of Vince getting cold feet on a guy? Nearly impossible, <laughs> nearly impossible to say. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like they were doing... They're, they have an idea for him, and maybe they just – and, yeah, my, my guess right now is that they just don't want to beat him, but that they also don't really know, like, what to do with him um, because they're not good at this anymore. Like, ideally, he should beat Strowman. Like, if you, if you have the idea that, like, he's going to wrestle Roman, let's say, at the Royal Rumble – uh, okay, so set up a program now between Big E and Strowman and have Big E win. Isn't that what the big stinky giant is for? Exactly. Um, but instead, yeah, anyway. So that, yeah, I don't <laughs> think they've given up on him quite yet. My only thing is, and they, I know Big E has been doing stuff with like the Miz on Talking Smack and like sort of talking in not so coded language about you know, people having, you know, people like him having to work twice as hard to get half the chances as other people. And I think that I don't necessarily think on its face that's bad or wrong. I know I'm not a as longtime listener. Well, I'm not a big fan of work shoots. But if you're going to point out that historically black wrestlers do not get the chances that white wrestlers get in WWE, <laughs> a true fact uh, that's only a good thing to point out if that is something that you think is actually going to change going forward. Um, because our biggest example of that not changing is Kofi Kingston getting himself more over than anyone else in the company, say for maybe Becky Lynch. And they intentionally like booked him as a third from the top champion the whole whole time and then when it was time for him to lose the belt he lost it in eight seconds and never got a rematch never even got to cut a promo addressing his loss so if you're gonna change that then by all means continue to wink at that and poke at that on uh you know on talking smack or twitter or wherever you want to do it but if you don't think it's actually going to change i would not recommend doing that that was why I thought it was so weird when they took Big E out of the match for like the number one contender spot <laughs> because they had he had done promos like that. <laughs> it's like, well, now he really looks like a schmuck, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, this is this is really counterproductive if you're actually trying to build this guy up to do something with him, but who knows? Monday Night Raw they booked a Keith Lee Drew McIntyre main event. And I thought this was like super no-brainer stuff. Keith Lee should have beaten Drew McIntyre. It was a non-title match. Drew's going to go to the pay-per-view and beat Randy Orton anyway. And then you have Drew's next challenger ready made for him. And, you know, we're supposed to be strapping the rocket to Keith Lee and all this stuff. But they just decided they didn't want to do a finish. (laughs) And they had Retribution run in. At least, you know, they've kind of figured out who's in Retribution. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Uh, Still no real uh, purpose statement issued by that group yet. They just run in only on Raw and create chaos. And and generally uh, bad television. 
So, uh, would you did you catch any of Monday Night Raw this week? It was a long show. Uh, did you? <laughs> and what do you think of kind of what they're doing at the top of the card over there? Yeah, I caught the entire last hour and then snippets of the rest of the show uh, yeah, later on. Um, yeah, from what I saw, I didn't think anything was bad. It was generally focused around a lot of big wrestling matches. You had your cage match with Walter Mysterio and <laughs> Seth. You had you know, the Owens and Aleister Black match. And then you had you set up this kind of show-long thing with Keith Lee and Drew. And then kind of, I guess, was it it's kind of like midway through the show, they added the caveat that if, I guess they're teasing that Orton won't be able to compete at, yeah. at Clash of Champions. So the the other caveat was that if Keith Lee beat him, he would get the title shot in in the event Orton couldn't make it. Correct. Um, so that I guess that added to it. I mean, it made for. I mean, it kept me tuned in. I mean, I had a based on my having watched more than one episode of Monday Night Raw, I kind of had a uh, a guess where the finish was was going. But um, the, I, I wasn't. I I kind of just assumed Orton would run in. I didn't. I didn't think that. I didn't necessarily expect the uh, the the group known as Retribution uh, would <laughs> would run in and, and ruin it. And then uh, and then there would be, and then the Hurt Business, who I guess they they have such strong brand loyalty that mm-hmm. they came out to defend the honor of Raw from from Retribution, and then. Uh, it, I mean, it was a good visual then with Keith Lee and Drew hitting the big the big man dives on everybody and and continuing the stare down. So uh, based on that, though, it's OK to not do a finish now if you like you're going to do a finish next week or at the <laughs> pay-per-view. But I think too often we just we don't get the finish and then we don't get the follow up where we're rewarded for not getting the finish. Um, So I, I will, it's, I am not excited to necessarily or really jazz feeling like, Oh man, I got to tune in to see what happens on raw next week. Cause I don't really have confidence that I'll get the ending to what I was enjoying and watching last week. Do you think uh, Tom Phillips and or Samoa Joe have COVID? Uh, I thought they just took like surprise impromptu vacations for fun, you know, like people do. Yeah, and then no one talks about where they are. <laughs> right. Yeah, I tuned. I tuned. Uh, tuned into Raw, and Dolph Ziggler was on commentary. And after I uh, threw a hissy fit, it's like, huh? I wonder <laughs> if Joe has. Uh, I wonder if Joe has COVID. Dolph. Yeah. Dolph on commentary. No bueno. I mean, I mean, he's a deeply unlikable person, and he's clearly not good at improv or any sort of comedic timing. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just assumed we're uh, we're in another round of uh, of secret COVID. Uh, yeah. In uh, in I guess I guess the Thunderdome is not COVID proof. Um, <laughs> they didn't have that magic spray that Hunter has in the performance <laughs> center. Sure. Um, Couple things that in discussing raw here came up that I wanted to that I wanted to thank you for jogging my memory about mm-hmm. um, the hurt business. By the way, should be a total. They was that a babyface turn at the end of raw because 
I I love the act. I don't love uh-huh. that it's on fourteen segments every week. Yeah, <laughs> like, they are all over those shows. <laughs> like you know, it's really good, man. But I don't want you know, ice cream is delicious, but I don't want to eat ice cream for every meal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. I've often thought of comparing Bob Lashley to ice cream. Um, <laughs> delicious but, chocolate. Delicious chocolate, just like okay. Anyway, um, no, I, I I enjoy the act, and they're like as usual. If it's one of those things where if they had a crowd, this would be the most overact on the show right now because they just beat everybody's ass and win all the time. And, and MVP, like, MVP cuts great promos, right? Like last week when Cedric turned, I was like, man, if there were fans there, they'd be going. This is the, this would be the loudest ovation Cedric Alexander will ever get. <laughs> is him turning heel and joining the the hurt business? If there was a crowd for that show, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I you might I there again. If I if there's going to be these heavily pushed characters, uh, why not? Why not just make them the good guys? Sure. People like people like tough cool guys who win all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like how they book all their heels. Um, right. So then also Kevin Owens beat Alistair Black with a stunner after the lights flickered. Do you think they're smart enough to have um, maybe put Kevin Owens as like the leader of this retribution group? Um, I hadn't thought of that, but now that you mention it, I mean, he hasn't had like anything to do in like a <laughs> yes. really long time. Yes. So you might as well, because at least then there will be like someone that people care about and it won't be like just Donovan Dijak and Mojo Raleigh or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, w- I would do that. Like, I think they've just decided, look, this guy, we can't rely on him anymore. He got hurt right after Mania, then his wife's grandfather died of COVID, and he, you know, was really vocal about about masks and when they were super against masks. And it's like, I can see them being, like, not very happy with him, but also trying to find a role for him. Kind of like they did with Joe, where it's like physically we just can't count on this guy anymore. His body's too broken down. But as like a mouthpiece, as you know, an Eddie Kingston type for that group, that's how I would use Owens. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a fine idea because obviously the group known as Retribution has has <laughs> some good good workers. I mean, they're probably in their mid to late thirties as well because it's NXT, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, theoretically, you have people with less miles on their body, and you let Owens be the, you know, the the figurehead of the group for a while. Yeah, I think that, I think that would be fine. I think that would be fine. I also think they haven't thought of that, but probably not. But when Unless the lights almost, oh, sorry, God, no, I was just gonna say. So the lights flickering and leading to him beating Alistair Black is one of the things. Either he's in retribution, or they just found another way to not book of finish you know <laughs> yes i mean that could even lead if you wanted to get really creative that's almost like a double turn thing right where alistair black snapped and turned on owens and then it right. turns out it's because he actually knows yeah that, that he's be. or suspects that he's in retribution and that and that's based okay now i'm basically booking where sting and kevin nash knew 
that Hogan was a heel in TNA <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> I think sure. that's where, I, where I'm getting that idea. Oh, and the Pope knew because he and Kevin Nash were both uh, sleeping with Brooke Tessmacher. That was... <laughs> <laughs> That was that storyline. But anyway, um, yeah, that's 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 my thought process. You could even, yeah, you could go that direction and you could fix whatever you've done with Aleister Black uh, by saying that he's not crazy. He's actually just been on to Owens this whole time. Right. Uh, Aleister Black's wife, Selena Vega, who was a great manager and a terrible wrestler, is now the number one contender for Asuka's title. Sure. Like, they have, like, 80% of the greatest women's wrestlers in the world under contract to them in one form or another. Why do we have to have Zelina Vega wrestle? Um, well, I mean, what are we, I mean, well, we need, you know, Uncle Paul's Vanity Project needs, needs EO and needs uh, Rhea and all those other girls. Like, they have to be in NXT because... If they aren't, I mean, they might only get 710,000 viewers instead of 730. So that can't happen. That's really weird to me. And uh, the Oscar Mickey James finish was really weird to me. The ref, I, I don't even know what happened other than the ref made a bad call. But it's also the ref who has botched finishes before and who also needs Sasha Banks in the head and gave her a concussion. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He's from Baltimore, by the way. Uh, (laughs) So uh, not a huge fan of that ref, but uh, poor Mickey James. And uh, let's see. uh, Bailey and Sasha, I think are going to hell in a cell, which, you know, the match will be good. If, if, uh, if they ever pull the trigger on the, on getting to the match. Sure. And uh, we mentioned last time we did a show that I did not trust the intentions of whoever decided that we need to put Rey Mysterio's daughter, his 19-year-old daughter, on television. Uh-huh. And then it seemed it wasn't super clear because she's not an actress or a seasoned television performer, but they may have teased doing a romance angle with Buddy Murphy and Rey Mysterio's 19-year-old daughter during that cage match uh, between Ray's large adult son and the Monday night Messiah on raw. Uh, I don't. So uh, that's another one of those. uh, We were right. Kind of things. (laughs) The same buddy Murphy who Ray's daughter and wife and son beat the crap out of with canes last week. Yes. Yes, they did. Okay. All right. Well, that is certainly a direction. I, I don't. I don't trust these people. No, I think I think they they have they have uh, poor intentions. I think that's fair to fair to say. Sure. Uh, Wednesday night this week, NXT and AEW. NXT they just they're doing takeover the first week of October. Uh, Bauer's gonna have uh, a challenger. It's gonna be decided. Um, in a gauntlet match on next week's show. It's going to probably run the length of the show. I don't really know what else to add about NXT because I haven't seen the show yet. And AEW Dynamite had a lot of good wrestling and a lot of to the back, to the back, to the back. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't see much of NXT. It looked like a 
looks like a fine show on paper. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see that that mat that gauntlet match is. I think it's like it's basically a Royal Rumble, but there are pinfalls. All right, that's cool. So it won't be just one guy at a time. It'll be like it's like an interval thing where guys come in and then they're eliminated by pin. Or yeah, it's every, so. every four minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that could. I mean, that'll that's a good way to use up some TV time and do some do some fun stuff. So that could be fun. Um, yeah, I thought EEW was a solid show. Um, to me, the highlight outside of maybe some of the wrestling was probably the the Moxley promo. Um, and uh, and big big Willie Hobbs, um, yeah, that was that was fun and set up your your big six man tag and obviously they're they're taking their time but they're building up to this anniversary dynamite where Moxley will defend the belt and I'm sure we'll get a bunch of other stuff. I mean, it didn't feel like they were building like it wasn't like a lot of clear building backs. Like they had like Kenny on commentary for Hangman Page's match and the Young Bucks are very emo now. Um, because that's what people want out of the young bucks is anger. <laughs> a lot of grown men in their thirties in their feelings on AEW Dynamite is the phrase sure. that I, the phrase that I'm heavily pushing. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, Matt Hardy, uh, man, man, the man just can't stay healthy for, for no. five seconds. No. Um, the thing, the thing with Dynamite this week to me was they didn't know whether the show was going to be on. Um, Wednesday night or Thursday night, <laughs> uh, because of NBA scheduling or something. So mm-hmm. they didn't want to advertise anything big. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, the fact that Chuck Chuck Taylor made invented the show would, would suggest you're right. Sure. Uh, and uh, are you pumped for the big uh, Tuesday night late night dynamite next week? Where you can see the ten guy wrestle Evan Bourne and Brandy wrestle Anna J on uh, TNT. Uh, sounds like an exciting episode of AEW Dark. Um, does not sound like an episode of Dynamite that I or a, I'm sorry, the Dynamite Special um, that I will. It uh, doesn't sound like something that I will be going out of my way to see. But hey, you know, I'll, I'll have it on the DVR. Maybe I'll. You know, throw it on while I'm doing something else or something. <laughs> a ringing endorsement. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to discuss this week? No, I, I think that about covers it. As as always, we have we have covered quite a bit of ground across multiple promotions across the world, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's about it. All right. Good times, everybody. Till next time, I'm Ethan, and I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Just, just, just the world. Yeah, 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 yeah.
All right, I'm going to avoid legal snags by telling you this call is being recorded. Noted. All right. You're already in better. You're already a better lawyer than uh, Matt Riddle's lawyer. <laughs> like, like Bob Loblaw was a better, much better lawyer. <laughs> yes, like no one could. <laughs> no one in the in a comedic television series could write a lawyer. The first thing we learned about this lawyer is that he didn't have any real paper, so he printed out a legal <laughs> statement on a, on address labels. <laughs> that was our first exposure to this guy. And now it turns out he might not have put together a good legal case. Shocking. Shocking, I tell you. Why? All, right. All right. That should be... That's just... Uh, it's just a free-flowing discussion this week. Uh, I got uh-huh. n- no bullet points. We'll just... We'll just go. And right. uh, I don't have any Fraser Observer radio this week. Uh, so there's a, a batch of episodes that I've seen like two or three times already. So mm. <laughs> Fraser Observer radio is a repeat this week. <laughs> yes. Um, any idea what number uh, show this is? I can. Uh, I should. Uh, let me. Uh, let me look it up. 246. What did I just say? 246? That's what you just said, yes. (laughs) By the way, I I slept like one hour uh, today, yesterday, whatever. Tight. Yeah, it's going great. All right. I try to keep on keeping on.